Hey everybody, I'm Eddie Starr, and this is the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Class is now in session. This is where the music and culture that shaped a generation live on, and my own path through the world of rock and roll. Today we're going back to the early 80s to talk about who was wearing what in junior high school and high school. In Southern California, there were about five or six different looks, which meant that you were into some type of specific music. For instance, there was a stoner look, jeans, a Led Zeppelin or Ozzy t-shirt, and then a flannel shirt over that was sort of like the stoner look. And I think it sort of was like the precursor to the grunge look. Then you had the heavy metal look, which were parachute pants, a Twisted Sister or Quiet Riot t-shirt on, and a bullet belt. And, of course, bondage bracelets and accessories like that. Then, of course, there were the goths, and the goths were always the goths. All in black, sad face, and the whole very bizarre white and dark makeup. And then you had the New Romantics, which were people who sort of dressed in line with the whole New Wave, Adamant, and Boy George. And it was very important. And there were all these different places in Southern California where you could go to get your clothes, uh, for a long time, I think up until the early 80s, it was Granny's and I think Pasadena, which sold a lot of the punk stuff. Um, during the mid-80s, we used to go to Aardvarks on Melrose before Melrose became Melrose. It was just a very dirty and disgusting street, but Aardvarks was there. And it was sort of, I guess, like a like a thrift secondhand store. They had cool things and you could go in there and create your own look, which really goes back to the whole punk thing and what uh, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren were doing on King's road when they had the sex uh, store and everyone buying their clothes, everybody in bands that started that model. I've seen a lot of articles where they talk about the New York punk scene. And I really think that the whole fashion and music was really the UK uh, punk movement because outside of that, it was basically Levi's jeans, a shirt, maybe some type of a bullet belt or studded type belt and a black leather jacket, maybe a chain or two around your neck. And that look really goes back to the 60s, I would say, or maybe even the 50s. With, you know, James Dean, it was sort of like a modified version of that. 
And actually, that was my look for a long time. I wanted a black leather jacket, so I saved up my money and went over to Wilson's in the mall, Wilson's Suede and Leather, and bought a classic leather jacket. And that's what I became known for at school. One of my friends later told me that uh, everybody knew that I had a real leather jacket because everywhere I went, they smelt leather. So I thought that was cool. Helped my image. There was also the shoe craze, which was tied into music and is still tied in a lot of these uh, different brands, I guess you could say, like Vans. Vans in grade school. People were into Vans. And when the white slip-ons came out, I remember wearing them to school and you had to be very careful because if people saw you had new white Vans on, they would come up to you and step on your foot and say, oh, Vans initiation. So that was one of the things that you were trying to avoid from getting your foot stepped on all day because you had new vans. Also the creepers. That's something else we used to go up to Melrose to buy. There were a bunch of places that people would go and try and put outfits together and be the most outlandish at school. And it was very important in your social hierarchy in the early 80s and junior high school and high school to have the right look. People I knew would get up at 4 a.m. to get their hair right, to get their perfect outfit to show up, have their cool look. And uh, that was... That was quite the uh, ordeal. (laughs) But I would also say that if you looked at music and that whole scene that was coming out of Britain at the time with people like Adamant, Billy Idol, Susie, they were really different from, you know, for instance, the Ramones or I would say even Blondie. To a certain extent, even though Blondie, you know, when they had all the guys were wearing those uh, suit and ties and she had sort of like a 1960s type vibe going on, they were really sort of, uh, they were sort of a classic band in some way. Whereas if you looked at uh, classic images, at least in terms of what they chose to wear, uh, the Ramones, like I said, the black, all of them wearing the black leather jacket, the ripped up jeans and the T-shirt. So uh, the style was very classic, whereas if you look at what was going on in London and, you know, or people who were in New York, like Billy Idol, you look at his outfits he was wearing in the early 80s and he looks like something out of Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Um same with uh, Susie Sue, who really always looked has looked great and has sort of become like the goddess of goth. I think that fashion 
for me at least in looking at the music I was buying, whether it was a rock band, most of it's rock or some variation of rock. To me, the performer and how they looked really said something about them. And the people I responded to, like Billy Idol, had a very definite look. Uh, or Susie Sue, Adamant. They were bigger than life characters. And it came through in their music. And also, it set the stage for something to aspire to. And that was the whole thing about going to school and getting the outfit and going up to Melrose and hanging out. And it became like a culture, I guess you could say, or it was a culture. But um, those are some of my memories of school and things that people were getting into. I mean, when I got into bands, uh, it was always sometimes difficult to get people to adopt a look. I had, I used to go through this whole phase of uh, every week having a different hair color. So then I would wear an outfit that matched my hair color. I did that for a while. And that was sort of in tribute to Kim Fowley, who is like a, LA producer I had read who had done that. Then there were was the leather look, which I adopted in various forms, rubber. And also going to sex shops, which a lot of performers did. I know that Joan Jett made the pleasure chest in Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard famous from getting her buying the bondage belt there that she gave to Sid Vicious. So that became sort of a cool place to go to get accessories. (laughs) And it was the things like that where music stars went to a certain place and bought a certain outfit. Then everybody else would inevitably do it. But it was also going to places that were popping up on Melrose in the mid-80s like Aardvarks where you would look through all these clothes and Create your own look. One thing I will say about the early 80s and the relationship between fashion and music was the idea of creating a character. And it was not only a performance of music, but it was a performance of an idea. And adamant, Billy Idol, Susie, I would say also uh, Robert Smith uh, from The Cure, because I knew plenty of people that were into that whole deal. He became like the king of goth. But there were all these characters that gave you an idea of what to aspire to. And maybe it was a way of just bringing attention to yourself. But I do think that that element between what was going on in the early 80s and what had happened in the early 70s with the whole glitter thing, that's what that was about. I mean, who wants to really just see someone who's like you? 
you want to see a superhero. And that's what those artists and bands really represented to me growing up. They were superheroes. And the way, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but one of the gauges that I had when I looked at an album cover was whether or not I could picture them having like a bowl of cereal in the morning. And when I looked at most of the people that I was really into musically, I couldn't picture them sitting down and having a bowl of cereal in the morning, having a cup of coffee like a regular person. They were like superstars. And I think in terms of my career through music, whatever look I was going through became very, it was like another expression of the music and where, not only that, but where I was at as an artist. And I always wanted to make sure that it was something that was provocative or something that... uh something that was a connection to uh, to the to my character and so i guess i'll leave it right there i hope that makes sense sometimes it is hard to really put a how can you say it put into words what all these things mean but one thing i think that has happened is that going back and thinking about all these moments and what was going on and who was you get, you glean new information from it that you didn't have when you were in the moment or even just a few years after, you know, some of these days came to an end and now looking back after a substantial amount of time, you can see it different and you can also see uh, the development. So those are my thoughts for this week about what was going on, who was wearing what, and I hope it makes sense. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Eddie Starr's College of Rock and Roll Knowledge is a production of Tonup Incorporated. Copyright 2020 Tonup Incorporated.